I'm Robin Miller-Brecker. And I'm Karen Lenzer. Welcome to Seeking Center, the podcast. Join us each week as we have the conversations and weed through the spiritual and holistic clutter for you. We'll boil it down to what you need to know now. We're all about total wellness, which to us means building a healthy life on a physical, mental, and spiritual level. We'll talk to the trailblazers who'll introduce you to the practices, products, and experiences that may be just what you need to hear about to transform your life. If you're listening to to this, it's no accident. Think of this as your seeking center and your place to seek your center. And for even more mega inspo, sign up for Seeking Center, the newsletter at seekingcenter.app. We're so excited to introduce you to the mother and daughter team, Shireen and Adrian of Intentions Jewelry. Intentions Jewelry came highly recommended to us by some of our most trusted healers and practitioners. Karen and I each own several pieces ourselves and credit them for infusing us with the specific and needed energies over the past few years. So this conversation is overdue. Of course, we're going to be talking about intention. What is it? How can intention be used in your everyday? We'll also be talking about energy energy and frequency, and why you need to be aware of the energy within and around you. Plus, we're going to get the scoop on how these magical bracelets came to be. How do they work? And who are the intuitive women behind them? Shireen is both a feng shui master and an intuitive who infuses each piece of jewelry with specific energy. Adrian is also an intuitive and is a jewelry designer. Get ready for a fascinating conversation that will hopefully leave you living with intention and vibrating at a higher frequency. Hi, Shireen and Adrian. Hi. Hi. Good to be with you today. Oh, the same. We are so excited to dig in. Yes. Oh. So let's start. Let's start with the basics. Can we talk about what an intention is? What intention means to you? Intention means that this is something that I want. What do I want to do? What result do I want? And then out of knowing the result that I want, I think about what it is that I want. Let's say you intend to be a mom. There's certain things you got to do. You got to have a certain action. For me, three times a year, I sit down and I write the intentions that I have, what I want for my life, what I think is missing, where do I want to go? Where do I want to be by a certain time? And then with an intention, you have to have an action. It's not enough to say, I have an intention that I'm going to lose 20 pounds this year and then go out and eat an ice cream cone. So your intention, what you want and your action have to come together and you have to choose what's the best action for you to stay in your authenticity and get what you want. Wow. I love that list that you just gave too. I don't think I've ever done my own intentions with that. And the critical action part is the action. Yes. I yes. I don't know yes. how many people actually do that piece of it either. Now, the first piece is probably different than a lot of people because that first piece of intentions that I have, a lot is about forgiveness. Forgiveness for what I didn't do, forgiveness for putting myself down, for not loving myself enough, not exercising enough, letting things go, releasing those things that come up in your mind that bog you down and stop you from being who you are. And what happens is if that's the state you're in, your vibration your frequency is not going to be high. And in order to attract what it is that you want, you have to be in alignment with it, which means your energy has to be vibing at that same frequency. So you got to get rid of the garbage first. So that's the first thing that I do in that first selection of intentions is what do I need to forgive myself for? What do I need to get rid of after I choose what it is that I want to do this year? And then what do you do with that second part? How do you then come up with that action plan? So the first part is forgiving myself and doing release. And then the second part is, what's my plan? How will I do that? What rituals do I have to do? I sit down and I write. I do bring my guides in and say, what is it that you think I need to do? Keep it simple. There's a lot of things that I do from a feng feng shui point of view where I will go out, have to be out of the house. I have to do it out in the world. And so there's a time frame. When is the best time to do? 
it? What's the best time of day? What's the best day to do it? So there's a lot of things that go into the these groupings. Basically, it's six months that it takes to do those first three. And then the other six months are about action and also incorporating my life and having some fun. That's important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> How can you use it in your every day? It's habit. You start to do it. And when you see that it works and that your life is shifting in a good way, you don't want to give that up. And the other thing is that things have to become a ritual for you because when you are doing a ritual, and I'm not talking about something extreme, I'm talking simple stuff that you then do it when you're not in the mood to do it. You do it when you're not thinking about it. So every day I start off with sayings that I have mantras and they are now automatic because when I am upset, it doesn't matter. I'm going to do that mantra. And my first thing that I say as I step off the bed is I stand with God. I stand with my angels. Only beings of the highest vibration may be in my energy field. Why do I say that? Because I want God to know, hey, I'm with you today. My angels, I'm with you today. I am going to include you in my day. Please include me. And also, I want my vibration to be high. I cannot do this job when my vibration is lowered. So when my husband's in a bad mood and I take a look at him, I get out of the bed really quickly and go in the kitchen (laughs) and get my cup of coffee. And he's attuned to this too. So he knows, hey, if he's not in the right frame of mind, he tries to stay away. And Adrian calls every day and she calls usually around a certain time. So we know when that phone rings, it's Adrian checking up on us, checking in. And that's the ritual. And she doesn't forget to call. That is why I have to do the rituals all the time. And when Mm -hmm. I go to sleep at night, I have other mantras that I say. And then if I'm in traffic, I have a mantra for that. And I'm no spring chicken. So I've been using these mantras for a very long time and they work, but you have to find your own. What's going to work for you? Yeah. I love the way that you put that with talking about rituals because Karen and I have definitely incorporated that into our lives. And actually it's related to even talking about intentions jewelry and the bracelets that you make that have become part of our rituals every single day. In addition to what you're talking about with, we have our own mantras that we say when we get out of bed or throughout the day and setting that intention. I just want to say to everyone, I love how you can come up with these kind of bigger ones throughout your year, but then also coming up with intentions every single day. I know that it changed my life when I started doing that. Maybe this is a good opportunity for you to talk a little bit about just very basically what is feng shui? way? And how do I incorporate even maybe just some top line things, just as you gave us earlier, suggestions into my life routine? Of course, is your house and where you live and inside, because that those are the solutions. And you have to look at what the problem is. If you're not taking charge of your life, where's the power in your house? So if you can get a solution to that, then your life is going to change. But when I'm outside, I'm with nature and I'm with the fairies and I'm with my angels. And it's like being with friends. And so they're talking to me and they're also raising my vibration. And then things flow a lot more easily when you're happy. I went out this morning and I was with my dog and I just said, good morning to the trees, good morning to the grass, good morning to the hills that are around me. And thank you for this beautiful day, for the sun shining on me. Now, sometimes I'm saying that in my mind and sometimes I'm shouting it out because I don't have too many neighbors that think, oh, that crazy woman is outside again talking to the trees. But it the grass smelled so good and it just buoyed me up. I was just so happy. So I do more of that after what are the intentions, which really is like a six month period. And I don't mean that's all that I do, but that's the basic. And then the rest of the year, it's about doing, how am I going to get where I want to go? Going back to the feng shui for one sec, can you just give those who've heard of it, but just don't know what it means? What is the definition of feng shui? There's a couple of different definitions, but what feng shui is the art of placement. 
So where you place things in your home and around your home are going to affect you. Let's say that you are a business person. Where are you going to put your cash register? Because if you put it in an area where it's going to be drained away, you're not going to be successful. So a lot of people you look, when you go into the store, I look and I go, oh, cash register is in a bad place. The bathroom is in the wealth area. No good. It's going to drain the money away. So that doesn't mean that they can't be successful. They still can be successful. However, they might be more successful or it might be easier if they were placing things where they should be. So we're trying to adjust your space. But feng shui is about color. It's about balance. It's about dreaming and about believing in yourself. And color has a lot to do with it. Allowing yourself to enjoy all of these colors, orange and green and purple and blue. And how does that affect us? It's the art of placement. It's the art of harmony and peace. When I started, they only had two books written in English about feng shui. So it was very difficult to learn about it. And of course, then it became a really big thing. I went to a three-year school and I studied with Professor Lin who brought feng shui to the United States. And he also gifted me with a chi infusion, which means I could connect to him. Even though he's not in the room, I am an intuitive. Not everybody who does is an intuitive. I had that little gift, which was very helpful. Professor is gone now, but I can still connect to him, which is really what has helped me in so many situations. You do have to prepare yourself when you're doing your feng shui. You have to do your mantras. You have to do chanting. I go out into the sunshine every morning and I say, gate, gate, para, gate, para, sum, gate, Sorry for talking so fast, but we do it very fast because we do so many repetitions of it. And we allow the sunshine to come into our body, heal our body, make us whole. And so when you do that kind of exercise every day, you shift. And very often, then a lot of the guides come around because they want to join in. We may not be able to see them physically, but they are there and they enjoy that. Doreen, how did you come into all of the curiosity and then ability? Was it something that you've had since you were younger? How did you become exposed to this? Let's start before the feng shui. Everybody is intuitive. It's about whether you listen to it or not, and whether you feel you can trust what you're hearing and the messages that you're getting, because that does take time. But I was eight years old, and I was living in Brooklyn in an apartment building, and I was waiting for my mom to come home, and I was on the outside of the building. And I just got this bad feeling there was a man there, and I just felt something was evil. And I ran into the building to be safe. But that didn't work because he came after me and grabbed me up and he had a knife at my throat and he took me down to the mail room. Now I screamed and screamed. And the reason that I did that was we had a neighbor on the first floor and anytime anybody dropped a shoe or made any sound, she was out that door. That day she wasn't. Oh, yeah, I know. He was lifting up my skirt and he had the knife at my neck and he had pulled out his private part and I screamed to God. I didn't ask God. I commanded. I said, save me now. God, save me now. And with that, the front door to the building opened and he ran out the back door and I ran out the front door. And when I ran out the front door, there was a woman coming down the street and I thought she was a nurse because she was dressed all in white and she was shiny. And she grabbed my hand and she took me around the corner to the library. There was a big library there for any people who are from Brooklyn. It was on Eastern Parkway. And when the police came, that woman was gone and she didn't leave a phone, but she brought me to this safe place. And so what I came to realize was that she was an angel. Nobody could find her. And then about a week or two after that, that event, I saw the man again. And I went to one of my neighbors and I said, this is the man who attacked me. And she called the police and they arrested him. And then we went to trial and the courthouse 
houses are quite big in Brooklyn and a lot of marble flooring. And as this little eight-year-old walk down on that marble floor and everybody is looking at you and people, some of his family were there screaming at me and making terrible remarks and things like that. And so I was afraid. And these two tremendous angels, I'm going to say, that no one could see, one was on either side of me. And the trial went on for quite a while, over over a period of a year. And I had to get on the stand and I had to speak my truth. And I was afraid. And they would walk me down all the time. And they would stay next to me. And then there was another being that would go in front of him so that I could not see his face because it scared me. And when I would try to tell my parents or anybody else what was going on for me, they just thought I imagined it, that it wasn't real. And so I believed it, but I didn't believe it because they were so big and so powerful. And not only that, the guy that attacked me was 18 years old. So he was a kid himself and he would cry and the angels would hold him and comfort him and be there next to him. So what my takeaway from that is we all have angels. None of us are alone. And no matter what we do, we will have this help with us no matter what happens. That is how I started talking to my angels. And they would say, we're here all the time, but you must ask for us. You must call us in. You have to initiate us. We will be there, but you must initiate it. So that's how I started talking to angels and that persisted in my whole life. But of course, I didn't really think very much about it. It was just something that I thought that I did and I didn't talk about it with anybody. And when I got into college, I started to have different conversations with other people and I attracted people that also had situations like I did. One of the girls that went to school was blind and we were going to school in Manhattan. So we would ride the trains. And I actually met her on the train. I asked her if she needed help. And when we got to know each other better, she told me she had an angel and that angel would help her to get on the train, would help her to walk to school. And so finally, I had someone to talk to that also had experiences like that. And then you start to meet more and more people. So we were, we would talk about it amongst ourselves, but we didn't bring that conversation out into the world with people that hadn't experienced angels being with them in that way. Hmm. And then, so I would just talk to them as if they were a friend of mine. And I remember, I think I was in fifth grade, we were living in a different apartment and I would be afraid to go to the bathroom at night, which I know a lot of kids feel. And then you flush the toilet and oh, are the boogeymen going to come out of the toilet and stuff like that. And I had a younger sister. So I felt that I needed to protect her all the time. And so this group of quote fairies would come and they would tell us jokes and tell us stories and stuff like that. And my sister, who doesn't believe in most of this stuff, remembers all of that and remembers those wonderful fairies that used to come and spend the night with us so that we wouldn't be afraid. And years and years later, I was taking a course with a professor and he came over to me and he said, you will be teaching this someday. And he told me about my experience with all the fairies and that it was real. So do you see what happens is once you have these kind of experiences, you keep meeting other people that are also having these experiences, but we keep quiet about it. Now, this was years and years ago, and you really didn't talk about that stuff then. It was verboten. And they put you in a nut house totally. So today, we have much more freedom in talking about it. But walking on the streets of Manhattan, and I would have a friend with me, and someone would come over and bow to me and say that they knew me from a past life. And then I was walking in the streets in Poughkeepsie once, and two 
people came over and bowed in front of me and said, whatever position I had in that lifetime, and they would say different things to me. And when I was going through all of this, and when I was going through the trial, and they did not convict him. Wow. Because they said that I was too young, and how could you know that was the guy who did it? Let me tell you, when someone's on top of you, you recognize that face for so many years after that you can't get that face out of your head. But I asked my guides, why did this happen to me? And they explained the past life that I had in which I was raped and I kept my mouth shut. And so in this life, I had to come so that I could speak. And I thought that I would be helping other women not to experience what I went through because he would be in jail, but they let him out. And that influenced my life tremendously. And I had said to my angels, why did I have to go through this if he wasn't going to be sent to jail? And the answer was that it happened in a past life. So this one, I had to experience that right then and there. But I was going to help women in my life. I didn't know how. And by my doing the jewelry that I do with the infused energy, I am helping women and thousands of people. I never thought I would ever reach so many people that I do. And we've done no advertising. It's all word of mouth. What that is incredible. And the fact that now we can even talk about this and other people are going to hear it instead of putting me away. (laughs) Something really, <laughs> it is really incredible. And by the way, that's when you saw the angel. So, to mis- yeah, exactly. That's enforced how powerful they are in your life and really opened the door to this lifelong conversation. Like that experience introduced you to the, whether or not you totally believed it then. I had no idea, but you go with it. And <laughs> I've always been the kind of person that what's the lesson in this? What do I have to learn? What do I have to offer? And then what happened? is I was very fortunate. I met my husband on a blind date. We got married and we had Adrian a couple of years later. And by eight, she was talking to dead people. (laughs) See, I'm an intuitive and I hear and see angels and that kind of stuff. And Adrian sees dead people (laughs) and talks to them. So I was very afraid that she was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Even with my experiences, because I couldn't see these dead people that were roaming around the house. And so I started to go to different schools and take classes because I wanted to see what I could do for my daughter and how could I help her and make sure that she doesn't end up in a nut house. And I say that, and it's funny, I did have a cousin who, I forgot the operation when they- The lobotomy? Yes, he had a lobotomy. Wow. And so that trauma was in my head that you better get yourself straight I better get my daughter straight. But we would talk all the time. It was fairly consistent that the dead people came to her. Did you ask your angels about for their advice about how to advise her? Of course. I asked my angels for everything. Should I eat this? Should I go to this restaurant? Yeah, they're attached to me and I'm attached to them. Most of the time I don't say it out loud, but I'm asking them everything. Everything. You just, they become like a sister or brother to you. And do you actually hear them? Yeah, you do. Yes. And sometimes they physically appear. And are there many different angels that you communicate with? I know we're going to talk about the bracelets in a minute. Yes. You have had one-on-one conversations with a lot of the angels that the infamous angels, like Michael and the others. Yes. Did that happen gradually over time? Did it start with your own angels and then eventually a larger group? I'm not sure that I remember it all because it was so natural having a situation, I would just start to call on my angels. And the first one that you really need to call on is your guardian angel, because they know everything. They know everything about you. They know what you're supposed to accomplish in this life and what you need to do to stay safe or they know everything and they care about you and they're never leaving you ever. And you have more than one guardian angel. You have at least two, but you can have more. And many people think that they're deceased. 
loved one is their guardian angel. They may be a mentor to them and have wonderful things that they contribute. But a guardian angel was always an angel and never in physical body the way we are. They are the ones that you would turn to and they might say, why don't you ask Michael? Why don't you ask Archangel Raphael? I used to stand sometimes in front of a mirror and say, oh my God, I'm really afraid that I'm cracking up and that I will really end up in an institution because they didn't have the books that they have today. You couldn't really talk about it openly. And I think I had a lot more experiences than a lot of other people that I was around, even though they had an experience. And I've had a lot of weird things happen. Can I tell you one? You are speaking our language. So (laughs) I want to know what they look like, what they, but yes, please give us. When I started to do the bracelets, it was little bit over 20 years ago and Thoth came to me who I didn't know and I was chanting in my room and I was already taking feng shui so I was using stones which I had always used even as a little girl and I was making jewelry not to sell or anything like that but for myself because in feng shui you get to change your house your room and everything like that sometimes you can't change that stuff when you work in an office you can't change the layout you can't change what's going on so i said okay i'm going to change me i'm going to become the feng shui i'm going to be the cure. I'm going to do what I need to do. And how can I do it? I can do it with jewelry. Now, I'm sure one of the angels put that in my head because I don't even wear a wedding ring. I don't wear earrings. I'm not a jewelry person. They told me that women will always buy jewelry. And when you do feng shui, let's say I could do four or five feng shui's a week. But when I do the jewelry, I can reach hundreds of people a week, which by the way, I did not want to do. I did not want to do the jewelry, but I started to do the jewelry for me. And if I was doing a feng shui for someone, I would give them a present when I finished what I was doing. And I would give them a bracelet that was pertinent to what they were going through. And I had no intention at all of selling them or doing this. I loved what I did, which was the feng shui. But Thoth had come and he said to me, he said, you need to get your tribe together. We know what's going to happen in the future. And in about 20 years, such and such is going to happen in this world. And you need to get your tribe and we need to have peace. And in order to have peace, we need women to feel good about themselves. And so you need to put this out to them so that we can start working with them so that they can create peace. Every society kills itself, but you guys are a thousand to 2000 years ahead of yourself. So we're not asking you to do this. We're telling you need to do this and you are going to do this. And I said, no, I'm not because that's the kind of person I am. Don't tell me what to do, but they convinced me. So the crazy thing that I was going to tell you that's crazier than this is I was doing home parties. A woman invited me to come to her house and she was bringing 20 women and I was going to bring the bracelets. And I hear one of my guides say, okay, you're going to show everybody the bracelets and then you're going to put them in boxes. And if they want to buy a bracelet, they have to not see which one they're getting. And I (laughs) cried. And I said, please do not make me do this, please. I don't want to do this. Everybody's going to think I'm crazy. They already think I'm crazy. But I listened. And so I gave my spiel talk and I showed everybody the bracelets. I had them on the table and they could try it on if they wanted to. And the amazing thing about the bracelets is that people feel the energy. You see, whichever being is infused into that bracelet, if it's one connected to you, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel a tingle. You're going to feel something. You might feel a tap on your shoulder. This is so incredible. How do you get an inactive? object to do that to you. So then people would get, oh my God, I have to have this. And that's how this has happened. But now I'm going to say, okay, you have to pick a bracelet in a box and you saw them all before, but you don't know which one you're getting and you can't look at it until you pay for it. Okay. And I cried and I said, please don't make me do this. This poor woman that invited me to her house. Oh my God. And what are people going to say about me? Anyway, that's exactly what 
what happened. And all 20 people bought a bracelet. Unbelievable. And all of them liked the bracelet that they got even more. We've been doing this over 20 years and we haven't even gotten five returns. And I haven't met half the people that have the bracelets. So it's really, really crazy. And I can't explain it, but I have learned to listen to them and to trust what they say. And I respect this now because I've been doing it a very long time. And quite frankly, even 10 years ago, I would not have spoken so frankly as I'm speaking now because it's time for people to know that they can do this as well. They can connect and need to connect with these higher beings that are here for their good. And Adrian, have you taken this on as well for your own selves? I know your mom mentioned that you can talk to dead people, which we're all about that too. But are you also using guides and so forth and talking to them. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience? So even as a child, I thought it was very normal. I didn't know that nobody else in the room saw all these people. If I was walking down the street, I would see people hiding behind trees. And I'd call my mom and say, you have to stand outside when I'm running home because you have to watch me because all the people behind the trees are going to get me. And she said, there's nobody behind the trees. But it was normal to me. And I would always hear my guardian angel, who I now realize that that's what it was. But I would always hear this voice and whether it was no tie your shoe the other way, don't take the school bus today. You got to walk and you got to go here. And I just listened because I was a good girl. And I thought I'm hearing somebody talk to me and I'm going to respect them and listen. I didn't realize that I had any special ability growing up, but I didn't really tell people. And I noticed that I'm very psychic, but I didn't know that was the word for it. But my friends would say to me, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be fine. And this and this is going to happen. And I just spoke with confidence. It's not that I heard anything. It just literally came through me. And then they would come back and say, you told me this was going to happen. And it happened. And I was like, okay, again, normal. I did not know I had anything special. And when we started the bracelets and the jewelry, which I did not want to do either. So mom here was like, oh, I got this message. I'm supposed to make bracelets and shows up at my house and says, here's all these crystals. Just do something. Make something with, I was like, I don't want to. I thought I was going to be a CEO of a company, the bun in my hair, the fancy briefcase, going to work. I didn't even think I wanted children. I was like powerhouse woman and none of that happened. And so she dumped all these crystals on me and started making 10, 20 a week, she'd go to her feng shui houses and give them away. And then people started taking them off of her wrist. And I need that. And she'd go, you have to make me a a few more. And okay, I'll just string together a few more. And I noticed sometimes I would get very sick depending on what energy was coming through. Other times I felt really good. And then we, either one of us or sometimes both of us get a message. She came and said, we have to do one for all the archangels. And as I'm designing them and playing with the crystals, I'm feeling different energies. And I go, this one is this one. And I would hear their voices. No, I want this color. And I want that color crystal. And it didn't matter what I wanted because they were doing it. And we created about 20 original bracelets, the core few, and mom took them and channeled them, but they already start being channeled the moment I start playing with them and stringing them. It just comes through me differently than what she does with them. What do you mean by channel? The energy just flows right through me and right into the stones. I have to be in the right vibration and the right space to create them. I'll feel the tangle come right through the top of my head and out through my fingers into each bracelet. So that's when it starts. And then they go to mom and she does the rest of the magic on them and they come back. But every bracelet feels completely different than the next one. What's the rest of the magic? So when you hand it up to your mom, I also want to say that how we started doing this and doing the crystals is we made a bracelet for a woman for weight loss, right? Yes. And she lost what, 175 pounds? Yeah. She had the action along with the intention. Yeah. So she was wearing it it had the attention set for what it was for. And by her seeing it on her wrist every day, 
it also enforced her actions so that she could achieve that intention. So it's the combination. Our bracelets are incredible, but if you're not also doing the work and doing the action, it's not going to do its job because it takes the two of you together to do it. And she was so grateful that I came to her house and she opened the door and she gave me a box full of crystals and thousand dollars worth. I did not want to do the bracelets and I was so angry. I was screaming at night to my husband. Now I have to do this because she gave all this to me. And so then I went to Adrian and I said, we have to make some bracelets because we got $10,000 worth of crystal. And she said, I don't want to. And she had my first grandson. And oh, two, two, two little ones. I ended up having kids. I did. I have three children. Yes. And but when mom gave me the beads, she's like, it'll be a little extra money. We did not expect it to take over our lives and grow as big as it is. Yeah, you know, that was anything that we thought. And it was wonderful. And now my daughter helps with making the bracelets oh. when she's home from college, which is really amazing because she was one when we started. Are you seeing this with your children too? Yes, I did. So all three of them have different abilities. So oh. my oldest son would always see Archangel Michael in the house. And I used to make him bracelets. My younger son is very in tune to sound and healing crystal bowls, could feel energy in everything. And my daughter is just so connected, like a straight line to her higher self. And she just gets messages. And when my grandmother passed, my daughter would come in and say, oh, Nana said this. And she just messages flow through her. As kids do, they learn to shut it off a little bit. They're going through their own stuff and growing. And now as my children have gotten older, they're starting to say, how could I open this back up again? Because that's what happens, right? And now I'm not the crazy mom. I'm the cool mom. She has her friends call me because I do psychic intuitive readings and they'll call me and should I go back to school here? Where should I go? And again, their guides talk to me and I just give them whatever messages come through, but it all starts with the bracelet. Wow. Well, so Serene, can you talk a little bit more about how you're infusing them? As Adrian was saying that then there's the second part. So how is that getting infused? With studying feng shui, I learned a lot of mantras, a lot of different chants. And I learned how to put energy into something inanimate. Like how do I put energy into this candle? Because I'm putting this candle here so that your health will get better. And then I have a saying and an energy that I learned from my master teachers. And that is what I do. Also, the work that that you have to do to get there, to have that message go to this inanimate object, you have to do it thousands and thousands and thousands of times. And I'm very compulsive. And I'm drinking my cup of coffee and saying the mantra and I'm taking a shower and I'm saying the mantra and I'm compulsive. So I did what I had to do to get the energy through me. So it gets stronger and it gets energy from the numbers of people that are doing this. So being the compulsive person that I am, I would do these rituals and say things many hours. And then I would ask Archangel Raziel to help me to to bring all of this energy into my physical being. And from feng shui, I learned how to take this energy, which was flowing through me and put it into an inanimate object. And for example, if I want to do a bracelet with Archangel Michael, I'll write him a note. I'll say, Michael, can you please come? Monday at 10 o'clock, I need to make 10 more bracelets. And I will do my work before that 10 o'clock meeting. And they're very punctual. So if you make an appointment with a being, you better make sure that you are on time for them because it's an appointment. So even when I would do a reading for someone, and let's say it's Tuesday at two o'clock in the afternoon, and your guides start walking into the room about two o'clock, they're set to go at two o'clock. So if you then call 15 minutes later and say, hi, they're gone, you didn't show up on time, and they are gone. And so you have to be very clear with them. I have a list of what bracelets we're going to be making and who I need to 
to contact and each bracelet has its own mantra. So I will say that mantra over and over during the month of when the bracelets are being processed. Mm-hmm. There's also, as I mentioned before, that I'm a stone person, not that I know which stone is which, but it's, oh my God, this one has tremendous energy and I need it. So the first rock I brought home, it was a clear quartz that had been hit by lightning. So that's the rock that I used to clear the bracelets. Now, once I'm involved with putting the energy of the being in there, let's say it's Archangel Michael or Archangel Raphael, after that, they have music played for them 24 hours a day for the three, four or five weeks that it takes. So there is music playing for them the entire time. And one of the things that I play is the Miracle Prayer by Mitchell Gibson, in case any of you should want to play that for your bracelets or yourself. And that's about miracles. And that is basically in every single bracelet. And then different bracelets get different sounds and different things that go in. So every bracelet has its own channeling. Each one has its own program. The last process that we do is you're going to go home to your home, to your person. And as I say, it's not even five bracelets returned in over 20 years. And uh, they weren't returned because people didn't like them. They were like, oh, I don't think I should spend that much money. Adrian and I are totally amazed that we are still doing this, totally amazed that it works totally amazed that we're talking about it out in the open. It really is. I I don't even have a word for it. It's magical. And Adrian and I are very blessed to have been able to do this all of these years and to meet so many incredible people and to make such an impact. It's the meaning of our life. This is why we're here and why we're doing this. I love that so much. I think we all need to be reminded that we have these angels and guides around us. And I think we talk about it a lot, but really to put it into a daily practice and these bracelets are just such a, like you were saying, you visually see it on you every day. So it's such a wonderful reminder. And a feeling because it's that reminder and that tangible, but it's also you feel when you put them on that bracelet becomes part of your energy for that day. And I know you use specific types of crystals. Yes. All the bracelets or the majority of our collections are made with Swarovski crystal. So we use different size Swarovski crystals in our bracelets. We have a goddess collection, ascended masters, archangels, affirmations. We have collections with James Van Prague, who we work closely with, and he's a dear friend now. So we have many different bracelets. I would say we have at least 150 different combination and every bracelet will feel very different. So even though they're both the same, because they were on different stones and they take on the energy of the stones as well as what is infused. And when I go to reach for a bracelet to give somebody, I mean, it's not me, it's being guided, but crystal is used in feng shui to change energy and to carry messages. So Swarovski is the best faceted crystal that you can get. And I use only round stones because when the energy goes in, it comes out evenly. A lot of people have their bracelets 20 years and the energy is still good. If you're vibing with that energy, the bracelet will reflect what's going on for you. I also think you should talk a little bit about the selection process, because I know when I select mine, I wasn't 100% sure which one was the right one for me. And so can you just talk about how you work with people who aren't sure exactly what bracelet that they want to pick for themselves? So Generally, because we don't get to see everybody in person, there's not a lot of events that you could walk up to our table. We don't have a showroom. So everything's on the website. You can call me. I could do it through email. It's usually through on the phone. And it'll be about a 15, 20 minute conversation with me. As you start speaking to me, your guides start talking. I'll start hearing which ones want to work with you. It's like that appointment that Shereen was saying, they show up, they just start coming in. So I hear them and I just get the messages and I might say to you, you need, okay, goddess Isis is here. She wants to work with you. And I could say something to that person like, you procrastinate a lot. 
and you're putting off something and you're not sure where you're supposed to be right now and we need to get you back on your path. And they're like, oh my God, how'd you know? I don't know. Isis came through and she's telling me, I'm here to work with you because these are your issues, basically, because we all have them. And this is what I'm going to do for you. So let's get you back on your path. And you can get multiples that'll come through, but I'll always guide you and say, well, if you can only get one today, we're going to go with the strongest one. And sometimes people don't want to decide right then and there. So I give them their choices and I'll say, go back to the website, take a look at the pictures, see what keeps jumping at you because we want you to love your bracelet. And obviously if you're like, I don't like those colors, I'm never going to wear it. It's not going to work. If you put it in the box and you leave it in the drawer and you say, that was my intention. What'd you do with your intention? You threw it in a drawer. You did nothing with it. So you want to be constantly working with it. So I don't think either one of us have ever picked one for somebody and has been wrong. And it's not us picking. I mean, it's really your guides coming through. We're just the vessel that they chose to speak to you through and say, this one is it. And I ship them out pretty much immediately because I'm really OCD about getting everything done right away. And people get their bracelet and you open the package and you put it on and people will feel the energy the moment you put it on. It's like, oh, I got that tingle or yeah, I felt it. Some people just start crying when they put it on, but it's amazing how it works even over the phone or through an email. If you email me and you say, I don't know which one, and this is what I'm looking to work on or heal in my life and who is the best one for me. And it might not be anything you were thinking of because sometimes that's how it works. There's been many people who've written to me or I've worked with and they're like, I want the relationship. I want to find him, the one, a certain goddess or one of the bracelets will come out. And I'm like, okay, this is the one. And I had one woman, she called me a year later. She goes, okay, I need a new bracelet because now we're getting married. And I met him and I'm like, really? I'm still amazed because in my mind, I feel like I made a bracelet and it's beautiful. And I'm so happy that everyone gets it, but it really changes their life. And it's being open to that energy as well and allowing yourself to receive that energy and have it come into you and let them work with you because they are here for us. Adrienne has a particular gift and that gift is she works very well with people who have experience with men who are narcissists or you might have a family member you might be your mother your sister your daughter who are narcissists and adrian very strongly can work with those people there is a bracelet that we do for that and we don't even put it in the booklet you would have to speak to adrian about that because you have to learn how to set boundaries there are so many things that you have to do and adrian really helps people with that and any abusive relationship any of those type of abusive type of relationships or things that mostly women have probably gone through and have experienced. And we do work with men too. We do. Yes. But it's that healing process. People have come back and said, I got that bracelet. And that's a very personal bracelet to me. And it's, it's not on our website. When I'm speaking, if I get, that's the one that you need. And usually that person who I'm speaking to won't even want to admit it to me. But when it starts coming through and then they go, yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is, you need this, just trust. And when they come back a year or so later and wow, that changed my life. And now I need another one. It's really incredible. A different one. Now I'm ready to move on. We always laugh that our bracelets are like potato chips. Nobody <laughs> really has just one. Great. Agree. That is very true. You want more and more energy because it ra- they raise your vibration. Yes, they do. Um, and you love that feeling. And then you're like, well, I want more. Most people wear two to three bracelets at a time. But we've had women who have eight on one arm and six on the other. We're like, wow, that's a lot of energy. If they can handle it, go for it. But then there's Sharina and they're all over our house. I have them everywhere. My daughter wears them. My sons have them. I have them. I stick them in their rooms just for them, even if they're not wearing it, just because. And you're not supposed to sleep in your bracelets. You have to give the bracelet a chance to, you have to clear it 
at night when you take it off. And I wanted to say too, when you receive the bracelet, there is instruction with it. And so it's easy to make it part of a practice. So to your point of putting it to bed at night and recharging it, you equip those who've bought bracelets with what you need to recharge it. And there's that instruction. First of all, there's mantras that come with it so that you can say those on a daily on a daily basis. There's also instruction of how to use the bracelet and when to wear it on your left wrist versus your right wrist. It becomes natural. You don't have to necessarily think about it. Even if you don't feel you are as in tune with your angels and guides and goddesses as you both are, it becomes easy and, and how you use it becomes a part of your everyday. And I know that just from both my experience and Karen's experience. And I also wanted to say that whole narcissist (laughs) process. I think there's going to be a lot of people calling you. Probably. There's a reason that you're on this podcast today. And there's people who need to hear about this that do need to reach out. And I know I have been able to call and Adrian has given me several readings and guided me to the right bracelets when I've needed them. As soon as we get on, which bracelet I need? And then you'll start talking about, wait, what are you working on? It's all within this very short amount of time, but you get the information you need. And then you really get the resource and the tool and the guidance that you need along with it. And I'll also point out that I I've bought gifts for people and you can even pick up on the energy of the person that I'm buying that bracelet for. Yes. And even those, we have still never gotten a return. When I've helped people select for their daughter, their best friend who can live in a completely different state than they do. Or country. Or country. We, We ship everywhere. The right bracelet finds you. So they've chosen you and you just get to go along with it for a fabulous ride. (laughs) And one other question for both of you, are you both still doing readings outside of making the bracelets? I am trying not to because I'm trying to have a little bit more of a life. I do psychic intuitive readings over the phone that anybody could just book with me. I don't really run it through the intentions website. If you emailed or called me, and said, I want to schedule a reading with you. I will do that. For the bracelets, I do all of those readings. And then I do private readings as well. I don't have to do it on a Zoom call or FaceTime because actually that's more distracting. And if I'm just on a voice phone call with somebody, I stack myself with my bracelets. I always have bracelets then on my right because they'll come through to me of whatever energy I'm needing to send to the person I'm reading. And I don't usually cross promote. So I keep the intention stuff in my personal private. They do are usually separate. So even during a reading, your guides might come through, but I won't say, you need this bracelet. You should go buy the bracelet. I I don't do that cross-selling thing. I just never, I don't want anybody to feel pressured and that's not what it's about. We always want everybody to just get their healing and their messages that they're supposed to receive. But I can't help it because your guys just start coming through. They give me messages when I'm giving a reading. So I usually will throw that bracelet on as I'm connecting. So if I know your reading is at three o'clock today, at 10 o'clock in the morning, they're already giving me messages. And I know who I have to wear when I'm doing your reading. And that's how it always works. And then immediately after that reading, I take all those bracelets off and I put on my team of who I'm supposed to be working with for the day for my own stuff. Yeah, we've been doing this and we're just still amazed and feel so blessed to be able to contribute in that way. And what Adrian said about she doesn't mix the two because we try to be ethical. Our gods will stop talking to us if we don't. That's the integrity, right? It's the integrity in what you're doing and the authenticity. And I know I can feel that. And I have felt it over these last few years, just by these conversations and emails that I've had through Adrian, what you both created. It's been part of my life every day. And people remark all the time. And my friends who see me all the time, if for some reason I don't wear them one day, they will be like, wear your bracelets because they have become so much a part of me. I just say, thank you. Thank you so much for following the guidance and 
following all of the signs that you've been given. And when it felt like you were going crazy, you still <laughs> followed them. And I think that's inspiring for all of us, honestly. Thank you, Adrian and Shireen. We're so grateful for all the work that you're doing. If you're interested in the bracelets offered by Intentions Jewelry, visit intentionsjewelry.com. You can also book an intuitive psychic reading with Adrian by emailing her at spirit messages 1119 at gmail.com. And you can also follow Intentions Jewelry on Facebook. Thanks for listening. Hey!